Hello and welcome. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Lily. And this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised and reclaim time for the things you love. So make sure in those ads that you definitely put heavy, needs two people. I won't be one of the two people. Of the area of a home, we actually only go into and use about 40% of our home. Nice decor. Eh? Eh? Well done. See what I did there? <laughs> you said the word correctly. correctly. <laughs> well done. Hello and welcome. This week we're talking about turning your clutter into cash. We'll chat about how much your clutter is worth, how to list your items online, and how decluttering could cut your mortgage in half. Money, money, money. Must be funny. Do we have to pay licensing to sing this song? No. Oh, good. Because it wasn't that good anyway. <laughs> I mean, our version, not their version. Oh, right. Their version, a great song. Their version is It's good. a classic. But um, it's true that, you know, when you declutter, one of the biggest perks is, of course, making some money. Yes. And I have to admit, I love selling stuff secondhand and like seeing the cash build up. And I've done it for two reasons over the last few years. And one of those is to sell stuff from work. So stuff that gets donated and raise money for a charity that we're really passionate about. And the clients know that I'm going to do this. Like mm. I've got in the garage at the moment, three bags of antique books. And I'm talking like some of them are super old and it's really cool actually looking back through them and seeing how old they are and seeing the little inscriptions. And one of them is an autograph book, which has got Dame Quinton Bryce's signature in it from 1957, I think it is, with her little friendship circle. And they've called it like the daisy chain of friends or something like that. Like it's really cute. And I'm going to take these into an antique book dealer in the city in Brisbane and they usually give us a bit of money for them and I donate that to the orphanage. So that's one reason why I do selling and then the other reason, of course, is to make some extra cash. Oh, yeah, a little bit of side hustle, baby. Yeah, and, you know, it's actually interesting how much we've got around the house that we can actually turn into cash. And there was this great report that came out in Australia last year the secondhand economy report, and it actually says that depending on which generation you're in, you've got somewhere between $2,700 and over $5,000 worth of clutter just lying around your house unused. Oh, my goodness. So basically I'm sitting – when I sit on the couch, I'm sitting on a pile of money. <laughs> you sure are. Uh, this couch is going. Would you like it? <laughs> I, I am preparing to um, downsize and sell our stuff because we are moving house and we're taking a lot less with us. So I was serious. The couch is for sale. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> the other thing that this report touches on is that Australians in general have a whole bunch of extra stuff in their house, a whole lot of unwanted stuff. 89% of Aussies actually have unwanted stuff in in their house. Yes. And when you think about it, I think we've all got stuff that we think, yeah, I could probably get rid of it. And another really cool stat that came out from um, UCLA is they did this big anthropological study of a bunch of families in LA. And they worked out that of the area of a home, we actually only go into and use about 40% of our home. So imagine if you could cut down your stuff and then cut down your house size and reduce your mortgage by mm. that kind of up to 60%. Like imagine, imagine that like 
It would change your, like your quality of life. You'd be able to, you know, if you consider the amount of money you'd be saving on your mortgage and where that money could be going instead. Oh, holidays, baby. Life just wouldn't be that tough. And I think we can get really stuck on the whole, we've got to have the big house with the white picket fence and this amount of room and this many rooms um, to be happy. And I think there's a real societal shift of every kid needs their own room and all that sort of stuff. So if we actually stopped and, you know, downsized our stuff and then downsized our space, because when we have bigger spaces, we fill it with more stuff. Oh yeah. And this is why moving house is actually a great thing because it helps us to declutter and get rid of stuff that we don't want to pay to transport. But when you think about it, every square meter or every square foot in your home actually costs you money. And so do you want to be paying the mortgage you're paying for that ugly vase that you don't even like? No, thanks, ma'am. No. So getting rid of the clutter is a really great way to make a bit of extra cash and then potentially even be able to downsize your home if you want to. Now, there are many reasons why we sell. First one that comes to mind for me, of course, with like a young baby is think about when they grow out of stuff. Yeah. And they grow so darn quickly. So quickly. And so you might have a child who's in a cot and maybe it's the last baby that you're going to have and then they move into a different bed. That cot needs to then go. It doesn't serve you anymore. Yeah. And look, some people choose to store that stuff and that's fine. But if you're wanting to make some extra cash, as soon as things are no longer needed in your home, your kids have outgrown them or you've outgrown them. Like maybe you used to do kayaking, but you can't kayak anymore. So that's something sitting there that could make you some extra cash pretty quickly. I think the other thing that happens is as we get older, the things that we like changes a little bit. Like I think Mm. about the things that I love to have in my room as a teenager and the colours and the things that I liked. They're not necessarily the things that I like now. So that's another reason we sell is, you know, maybe we want to freshen up our house, change the decor. We want to get rid of that bed. So what? Decor. Decor? It's decor. It's not decor. Are we going to fight on every episode? (laughs) I think we are. It is not decor. Isn't it? You can like deviate and you can detour, but it's decor. That's why it's got that little... Um, oh, yeah, the little cafe ha- flick. The cafe flick. <laughs> yeah, you know how cafe, the word cafe has the flick? That's that why is, I always remember. That is totally the formal word for it. It is totally a cafe day. flick. Oh. Yeah, decor. Oh. Cafe day. Well, anyway, <laughs> there's your English lesson for this oh, week. Thanks, teacher Bonnie. <laughs> um, so like maybe you've got a bedspread that, you know, like you really liked and you're like, I just, and bedspreads are one of those things that I feel like it really freshens up your bedroom. Oh, so If you does. just like declutter, sell the old bedspread, which was in fine condition and get a new one, it gives you like a whole new vibe to your bedroom. Like maybe yeah. that's a reason you want to declutter as well. Yeah. And, and, and I, sell lit- it. I literally did that about 18 months ago and it just changed the whole thing of the bedroom, like the whole feeling was just like, oh, this is so fresh and so nice. And now I love coming in here rather than, you know, I was getting a bit old and tired. Yeah. It's like when you buy a new top, like it just like, and you add it into your rotation, it can just feel like a huge freshen up. Yeah, it certainly can. I think the other thing, the other reason that we sell stuff is when we're having a location change. So like right now we're preparing to move. So um, we're downsizing and decluttering left, right and center. And it's great because there's stuff that, we might have used, but we're not going to use because we're changing locations. And that's a really good reason to to get rid of it because we know that it's had a part in our past, but we know that it's not actually going to play a role in our future. 
Another thing that we sell but can be a bit hard to get our heads around at first is unwanted gifts. I know it's controversial. but It's so controversial. <laughs> you know, we feel so obligated to hold on to things that we're not actually going to use. But when we do decide to sell those things, you can sell things that are in perfectly new condition and make some money back on them. Yeah, the only thing that someone said to me the other day was make sure that you're not selling stuff on say Facebook marketplace that someone who's on your friends list is going to get upset about yes because yeah everybody in your friends list can see when you post something online oh yeah oh no you've got to be super strategic about it don't you very very strategic the other reason that we might be selling stuff is that it might be something that's a product that's highly sought after and maybe you're not giving it the value and attention it deserves so I'm talking more like collectibles here So maybe you've got like vintage Barbies brand new in the box and... Don't want to put those in the bin. (laughs) (laughs) Dad, poor dad. Never live that down. Um, Refer back to last week's episode if you're not sure what we're talking about. No, I'm I'm thinking of, yeah, like collectibles that people may have, have stored up or gathered over years that other people would find value in. Like if you think about Lee and Beck Shewer, who we spoke with on the podcast just a few weeks ago about um, hoarding and space invasion and stuff like that, Lee's a really big gamer. So his big thing is like collecting 1980s gaming stuff like Atari and whatever. Mm. So there's always a market out there for the really cool collectible stuff. Yeah, and that can be a good reason to sell. You might actually make some reasonable amount of money on that stuff as well. And like different items that we do sell, when we do go to sell them, there are certain things that are going to bring in different amounts of money. Like there are- There um, are the best sellers. There are best sellers. Yes, definitely. I would say electronics are a really good seller. Yes. As well as anything to do with kids or babies. Yes. There's there's because a high kids, rotation. Kids, you know, they age so quickly and the toys that they start with changes so quickly and the clothing changes so quickly. It's one of those things where you do need to sell and buy quite often mm. unless you've got, you know, a lot of hand-me-downs like oh, this girl. Yeah. Then, you're, then you're sorted for like five years. Yeah, that's um, right. But no, it, it is. And like also I love that. I love that I can just jump on Facebook Marketplace and I could literally search boys' clothing, um, one-year-old or, you know, unisex clothing, one-year-old, or girls' clothing, you know, and there'll be bundles and there'll be onesie sets and there's all different kinds of things, all different kinds of prices that people have valued it at. And I can be like, sweet, I just need onesies. And so, you know, bought. Are you on the Bonds Facebook group? Like there's a whole bunch of them, but I find it really hilarious that they're is it culty it's so culty yeah i'm on a page like that at the moment for open-ended toys oh yeah what's an open-ended toy oh have you heard of grims the fairy tales (laughs) (laughs) well yes um no that it's like um german uh, total tangent it's german made colorful blocks and shapes that children can do imaginative play with it's like montessori style play okay they're very bougie you can get by like a set a rainbow set that's like six different little semicircles out of wood from germany it'll be like nearly two hundred dollars whoa yeah yeah anyway it's super as i say okay so so it's a bestseller Oh, it's like the resale value on it's really... Yeah, and that's what I find so interesting is we go through these phases where like something's really popular and there'll be like this huge High mass following for it. For it. Mm. So like people on say the Bonds website, which are just onesies that used to be made in Australia, no longer, um, but they've got really cute patterns and stuff. People will actually buy them 
brand new and then hold on to them. And then when that print is no longer available. Sell them for a profit. They'll sell them for quite a tidy profit. Yeah. And there's this whole market around it. So there are items that are really big bestsellers. um, But there are also some items that can be hard to sell that maybe some people thought would be a really easy sell. Mm, And they're not. I think antiques. And I think it's like generational in a way because many people our age aren't interested in older furniture with history like I don't think that is commonplace I do think some people do yes but it's you know it's much more common to go for the affordable Ikea option or you know the beautiful on-trend Scandinavian look you know yes as opposed to going for something that is a bit more dated and and old-fashioned yes and so I think the antiques market has had a bit of a hit in recent years and um, like we sell a lot of stuff for our clients and we've had to sell a bit of antique stuff in the last couple of weeks actually and yeah for pieces that you would kind of think would go for like 1500 ish a piece you're looking at maybe like 1500 for like six or eight pieces so Mm. there's just not the market there so of course the value is not there anymore yeah so it's something to be really wary of when you're when you're wanting to sell antiques don't expect that that item that silky oak dresser is going to get three thousand dollars it's just not yeah and I think other things like when you're selling you'll find it is harder to sell things that are cheaper even if you buy like cheap things from like you know Kmart or whatever version of department store you have like that where you can get cheap things to furnish your homes and a lot of us have Kmart looking homes now because Mm. it is so cheap to you know to furnish things with like nice decor Eh, eh. Well done. See what I did there? <laughs> you said the word correctly. correctly. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thanks, Bonbon. Um, it might look pretty, but don't necessarily expect that you're going to get the income back on that, like because mm. it is like a cheaper made item. Yeah, and the same thing can be said about stuff that's really well loved. Like, don't expect that just because you've got Sheridan towels, you're going to get lots of money for them. If they're well loved, it's just a towel. Like, it doesn't matter what the brand name is on it, if it's in really poor condition, don't expect to get huge money for it. Yeah, and I'd say on that note, like if you've got towels and they're not even in great condition, consider giving them to something, like, like donating a, them instead. Yeah, to the pet shelter. Yeah, they love towels. do an animal shelter or cut them up, make them into rags and then drop them off at your local mechanic. Or you can cut them up and use them for rags to wipe your baby's bottoms. Oh, Lots of repurposing ideas oh, for old so towels. So many. <laughs> But I think now it is time for a clutter confession. Clutter confessions. <laughs> hey, Bonnie Lily. My clutter confession is I collect all of my programs from every theatre performance, every music artist I go to see, and I've kept them all. I have no idea what to do with them. But yeah, that's my clutter confession is just my music programs. Oh, what to do with them? Mm. You could definitely put them in a memory box. But if like going to the theatre and going to um, see performers is like a really big thing for you and it's a part of your identity, why not find a cool way to put that kind of stuff on display? It sounds like more of a collection rather than just memorabilia. Yeah. So I think absolutely find a way to honour it and display it. And you know when you go to people's houses and they have like a really cool beer can collection or they've got like a really retro diner style rumpus room or bar area or something like that, that sort of decor fits perfectly in there. So if this person has like a really small flat and they can't fit this stuff in and they're kind of looking at it thinking, why have I still got it? Then maybe it's time to find someone who is a bit of a collector, who's a bit of a music fanatic, who would appreciate it in their place. 
but I think it really needs to be honoured and displayed in some way so that when people come over, they can be like, oh, cool, and, you know, have a look through. Look at all the plays you've seen. Look at all the, you know, the artists you've you've seen. I think depending – this caller sounds pretty fairly young to me and, you know, maybe they're in a position as well where, you know, they're in that age where they can hang – photos mm. with like the little like a peg string yeah thing. like with the mini pegs and things like that like what's to say you couldn't make a feature out of it yeah definitely um, potentially does this person have photos of themselves going to the theater you know out the front of the theater and like mm. have those in between or something like that like there's you know, lots of options if it's something that's like really special to you i think it's if if you can display it um a cool collection like that that would be a cool way to do it yeah even if you turned it into sort of like a coffee table book I mean sometimes the programs can be really crazy sizes yeah that's true but if they're not too bad like put it into you know a display folder with plastic sheets or even just like a a box or or have a really pretty basket as your centerpiece on your table on your coffee table and have them just horizontally stacked in there and so people can come and rifle through them yeah sit down and find out who is the the lead leading actress on that show yeah. on Broadway or yeah. in West End or wherever. I always find those playbills and the programs really interesting to read back through. Like my husband and I, when we went to Europe in 2011, I think it was, we saw um, a show at the Moulin Rouge and that was always a big bucket list thing for me. We bought the program for that and brought it back. And like, I look at it, I actually did get rid of it last year. I looked at it last year and just laughed because, you know, it's Moulin Rouge so that everybody's very scantily dressed. And I thought, I don't really want my kids to stumble across this. So I might just pass this on. But um, it, it was cool. Like it evoked some great memories and stuff because otherwise, yeah, you've got, you know, you've got photos and you've got memories in your head, obviously, to remember. But there is something sometimes about that physicalness of holding the playbill or the program. Yeah. All right. And if you haven't sent us in a clutter confession, please do. We love to hear them. You just send it to the Facebook page as an audio message and we'll play it and keep it anonymous. So think of something in your house that someone else might find unusual, an item or a collection. Now let's talk about some items that you need to be really wary about when you're looking to sell. So the first one I think is stuff that's in very poor condition. So we touched on this briefly with the towels, but if you're trying to sell an item that's got mold or rust, even if you think it's surface rust, be really wary about whether it's actually a safe item for someone else to be buying. Things like car seats and booster seats and high chairs and cots, they all have safety ratings on them. Absolutely. And in fact, I would highly discourage you from trying to sell your old car seats because the standards, well, especially for Australia, the standards are so high. Basically from everything I read as a first time mum, as far as the regulations went, basically said to me, do not buy secondhand. You don't know the condition of the car seat, for example. You don't know if it's been in a car accident and someone's just lied about it. Yeah. And your child's safety is of utmost importance. So you need to buy new. And there is a varied prices in new ones, but they also come with guarantees and warranties and, you know, the appropriate safety ratings. So that's something that I would be very wary about trying to sell. Yeah, and especially with all the safety stuff, car seats in particular, they say after 10 years that they just need to be rubbished because the the safety standards have changed and improved. Yeah. So that's another thing to... 
yeah, really take into consideration as well. I think it definitely goes without saying that um, you probably shouldn't be using an online forum to sell your illegal goods as well. <laughs> this is true. There are regulations to what you can sell. I looked up the other day to see if you could sell alcohol online on Facebook Marketplace and it's not. It's against the rules. So make mm. sure that when you do go to sell, be mindful and wary of those grey area items because you may find that there are terms and conditions which are explicit in saying, no, you cannot sell this. And you don't want to get banned from a website for not checking out knowing everything you needed to know first for something simple like that. That's very true. But now that we've talked about what you shouldn't sell or what you should be wary of selling, what are the things that we should be selling? How do we choose? Oh, um, I guess how desperate you are for cash. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a couch? <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing I think is important to remember is it takes time and effort to list an item. You've got to yes. um, make sure you're pricing it right. You've got to make sure that you've got photos, you've written a description, and then you've got the problem of actually doing the transaction, communicating with potential buyers and completing the transaction at the end. And like, to be honest, there is a bit of a no-show policy happening um, at times from people, which can be (laughs) super frustrating. Um, But you have to take all that into consideration. So all that time and effort, you know, it's probably going to be 30 minutes of your time to sell that one item when you take all of that into account. Is it worth it for five bucks? Is it worth it for 10? What, What is the minimum value that you'd be happy to receive to make that effort worthwhile? Yeah. And we talk about your time being your most valuable resource, right? So you have to weigh it up. Is it worth trying to sell an item for $5 for some people? Yes, because those $5 items add up, sure. And if it's not worth it, then maybe you need to be considering that that item is something that needs to be donated instead. So mm. do, so be selective about what you do choose to sell. The other thing to consider is make sure you have a deadline. So often we'll list stuff and Facebook Marketplace or whatever website will just say, do you want to relist? Do you want to relist? And you look at stuff and you go, oh, that's been for sale for 39 weeks. And you kind of think, is it still available? Did they forget about the listing? Like there's this mentality of if something hasn't sold quickly, there must be something wrong with it. What's wrong with it? And it's why when houses are on the market for so long, it's like, hmm, what's wrong with this house? Why has no one bought it? Yeah. So set yourself a deadline. Because we all want to think we've gotten the best deal and a good bargain and like, yes, you know, yes. And when it's, when it is listed for a while, it doesn't send that message. No, that's right. It's like, oh, it's still here. And so set yourself a deadline, two weeks, four weeks, two months, whatever it is, if it hasn't sold by that deadline, then you donate it or you give it away for free um, in an online listing. Now, I have gotten rid of a few things for my in-laws who have who are about to move house and there's some things that they didn't want to take with them and it's interesting. I've noticed every time I've listed something and I've put it up as free, it has had the stuff that I've um, <laughs> you just sounded like <laughs> I just realized that wasn't a great thing to do with my lips on a um <laughs> on, a on an audio medium um, sorry that everybody. is definitely your microphone from now on <laughs> did you have lots of interest when you put stuff up for free because yes, I thank do you. yes no I did because as soon as it said free everyone was like free 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 yeah and you know that might be because someone wants to do it up and resell it and make a profit it might be that they literally have been waiting on an item like that and it's free you know know um, it might be that someone has a sale mentality and they think oh it's a bargain I have to have it and, you know I'm enabling someone else's clutter yeah I was gonna say the collectors oh, well find a keeper <laughs> like that's your problem not mine <laughs> um, here you go but it's yeah it is interesting because
because um, as soon as you do put it, something up as free, you'll find that that item ends up just being taken off your hands and you don't have to worry about trying to take it somewhere. So if that's like a roadblock for you decluttering yes. is you're like, I don't know where to take this, but I know this is going to bring value to someone, do it. One of the women who ended up picking up this like weird cabinet thing that we got rid of, Oh my goodness. She could not express enough gratitude for this oh, item for free. Nice. It was so lovely. And she took it away and it was going in her girl's room and she'd been looking for something like that. And like, she drove from quite a way to get it. And even when she got home, she like, again, like was saying, thank you so much. And oh. like, what better result could you have from that? Yeah. Well, you know what? Even this morning, I picked up a bunch of moving boxes from someone who was just giving them away for free. Got a roll of butcher's paper, a couple of styrofoam boxes. And I just said, like, thanks. This is awesome. Like, I so appreciated it. Butcher, not butcher. (laughs) (laughs) We are are not having that discussion again. (laughs) All right. So when it comes to selling, how do we do it? How do we sell stuff online and sell it well? So there are four steps that you should consider. And the first of these, which we will put on our show notes, by the way, is um, market research. What's the right price? So if you're going to be selling your KitchenAid, for example, in your kitchen, you need to have a look and have a look in your local area or the wider area if there's no one selling one nearby and see what the others are priced for. Look at the condition of theirs, look at the photo, the description, and then price yours accordingly. If you want your item to go fast, price it lower. Yeah. And that again, it depends. So like if you need a quick sale, then you need to adjust what you're expecting to bring in for it. Yeah, exactly. And if you're happy for that item to sit there for, you know, three months while it sells, then okay, maybe you're going to go a little bit higher, but make sure that you do that market research first and you price it accordingly. The next important thing to consider when you're selling is photos, 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 photos. People are wanting to know the ins and outs of your item and you might know that it's in reasonably good condition or it's in perfect condition, but if you only post one photo to someone, that doesn't show them, it doesn't help them have confidence that they can see the the whole picture of what they're agreeing to purchase. So it's really important to make sure you get lots of good photos clean the items first, clear the area around it so it doesn't look like it's surrounded by lots of stuff. You know, or an animal. I hate photos that have like animals or children in them when they're trying to sell a couch. It's like, just get get that kid, get that dog out of the photo. I Like it, it's in the way. I don't want to buy your child. <laughs> but yeah, make, not sure, into that. make sure you've got good lighting. You, you know, your photo isn't blurry, that, you know, you haven't got anything unhygienic around it because even if it's unrelated to that item, it sets an impression. Yes. And do you know, we um, went to buy something the other day. I think it was a chest of drawers and the item looked all right. And then I sent my husband to get it and he rocked up at the house and he goes, I am not going into that house. That is a scary looking house. And he rang me and I had to message and ring the chick and say, I'm really sorry, we can't come. Because he was just like, there is no way I'm going in there. Mm. And this is from a grown man. So you, what you put in your photos... People are not just buying an item, they're buying it from a particular home. Mm. So is it really dirty around the item? Is 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 it really cluttered? Like I will choose not to buy stuff from homes that look really cluttered and really unkempt because I think you didn't take care of the space around it. So maybe you haven't taken care of that item. And, you know, what a shame for that person if they have taken care of it but they've taken mm. a photo with all that stuff and it doesn't yeah. do it justice. Yeah, that's exactly right. So that's why it's important to make sure you're taking a good photo that mm. accurately represents what's going on. Absolutely. So then next after your photos, the most important thing is your description. Be descriptive. Give someone all the information that they need to know that this is the, the right purchase for them. 
and keep it simple. There's that whole KISS acronym, keep it simple, stupid or silly, as my teacher used to say at our lovely Lutheran school. (laughs) (laughs) So make sure that in your description you write what's the condition of the item, the age. Mm. Include the measurements. How many bookcases do not have measurements? It's like... I know it hard. I know it takes effort. If I'm feeling particularly lazy, I take a photo of something with a ruler in the photo (laughs) so that people can at least get an idea. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because it's better better than, I mean, but the amount of effort you've gone to for that. But if I can't find a tape measure, then I may as well do that. But I don't do that with things that have dimensions. You need to get decluttered. Decluttered. (laughs) No, but I don't do that with like things that you're describing like furniture because people need such specific me- oh they need to know specific it measurements for their yeah. home so make sure that you do put dimensions in any photos like that and the other thing that you want to do is you want to note of any damages and these should be in your photos as well so mm. like if you've got a chip off the end of a table take a photo of it you know you're being honest you're saying hey this is actually in perfect condition except for this chip and here's a photo of it so you know exactly what i'm talking about the other thing is if it's a really heavy item Put in the description that it will require two people to live. Because otherwise people, like I had this lady who came with a van. She was like a, a, a student and she um, she came with this van to pick up this massive office desk and it was just her and her boyfriend lent her his van but didn't even bother coming. So there's <laughs> two chicks trying to, hey, sisters are doing it for themselves, Oh, Bonnie. totally. But like <laughs> I'm, I'm not you know, a super strong person. And we're both trying to get this huge L-shaped desk into this van. And she was like taking seats out and moving stuff here, there and everywhere. It took us half an hour. Yeah. So make sure in those ads that you definitely put heavy, needs two people. I won't be one of the two people. Exactly. Or, you know, or whatever it might be. And and you must put down pickup only or delivery being an option as well. Just make sure it's really clear. And most importantly, with anything that you advertise, take the 10 seconds it takes to use proper grammar and punctuation. Oh, yes. Absolutely. That's really important because everything is an impression and you want to be clear in what you are describing. So just take the time and make sure that, you know, even if you're just putting short notes down, use full stops so that you don't have like five different points running into one sentence. And make sure you list where the location pickup is. Yeah. Be specific. Yeah. Use the postcode. Yeah. And you may think that someone knows where your suburb is, but if you throw the postcode on there, it definitely does help. Yeah. Because there is, you know, a Redlands in Queensland and there's a Redlands in California. So where are you? California, baby. We wish. So the next thing I would say is just make sure that your transactions with people are always safe. You need to be comfortable with whoever you're communicating with. I encourage you not to give out your address if someone's buying from you until the morning of when you've confirmed that they're definitely coming. And not your full address. This is the other thing that people forget. Give your street name and your suburb and then when they're nearby or on the way get them to phone you and ask for the house number because it just stops you feeling vulnerable about giving your address out to five different people none of whom have shown up other things you can do is make sure that you're meeting someone potentially in a public space or if it's from your home on your driveway make sure other people are home if that's what you need to do to feel comfortable just put some things in place to just protect yourself make sure when you're selling to someone that everything is you know like kosher as far as the payments go um, that they're not doing anything like oh yeah I'll pay you later and pick up the item now set yourself up properly to make sure that no one's doing a dodgy on you and it's very very rare that that does happen 
I just had one like two weeks ago. The oh, client really? who we're selling all the antique stuff for, there was um, one thing, a desk that wasn't getting purchased and she got contacted by someone who said, yeah, we'll, we'll give you the money for the desk, but in, courier needs to come and pick it up. As soon as someone says to you, you pay me for the money and I'll send a courier to pick it up. No, warning bells, warning, warning. Yeah, no, don't do that. It's dodgy ass. The other thing that I think is important to consider is what do you do if you've reached the deadline of trying to sell something and it may be something that you can't actually donate to a local charity. So maybe it's not the right condition, it's not the right item, but you know that someone could actually repurpose it and do something with it. The example is a washing machine that maybe is no longer working, but someone who's an electrician or someone who's a bit savvy wants to have a muck around with it and get it working again. Or they want to take that washing machine drum out and turn it into a fire pit in their backyard. We have one of those. Do you? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So there's lots of options, but it may not be something that you can sell and a local charity doesn't want it. So what do you do with it? Mm, That is the question. Well, you list it for free um, on whatever your secondhand selling site is, Facebook, Marketplace, Gumtree, Craigslist, whatever, and... You just say free pickup. And those people who love to refurbish or make projects out of stuff, they'll find it and they'll pick it up. And it's gone like so quickly usually. And then like worst, worst, worst case scenario, you just need to take it to the tip. Or to a metal recycler if it's a bunch of metal that you can get recycled. Yeah, like steel, you can get money back on that. So, you know, it's worthwhile knowing what your local place has available. So we can declutter, we can sell our stuff and make some good money back. Worst case scenario, if we don't sell it, we can of course donate it and give it new life with somebody else. So on the note of decluttering, if you're kind of not sure how to start this process, you're wanting to make some money on the extra stuff around your house, but you don't know how to begin, we do have an organizing cheat sheet on our website. So head to littlehomeorganized.com.au forward slash organizing cheat sheet, get started, go from start to finish in decluttering, maybe just start with something non-sentimental or a easy to tackle space. And then maybe you can grab some of those items and you can list them up for sale. And that will take us on to today's tidy task, which is all about how to list your items. So what we would like you to do is choose those three items that you'd like to sell to start with and follow the list that we've just talked about. We're going to post it in our show notes so that you can go back and refer to it. But basically the four steps are market research, find the right price for it, take lots of good photos, write a great description and then have your transaction with the buyer. And that's your tidy task for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so glad you chose to have us in your ears. That is it for this week's episode. And remember, progress, not perfection. See you later. Bye. Hey, we'd love to keep the conversation going. Head over to the Little Home Organised community group on Facebook, ask questions, find motivation and share your before and afters. And if you enjoyed the show, please help us keep it going by hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. It's free and ensures you do not miss an episode. But if you really want to share the love, leave us a rating and review. Trust me, it makes all the difference in the world.